Heck again tonight. Wow, what a beautiful day we've had. It started out a little chilly. I was out running this morning and it was a little chilly and then it got over it in a hurry. And that was good. That was good. So we enjoyed today. It's just been a good day. Good day of fellowship and good day here. Had to get some things done. Had to get my laundry done. When you've been on the road a while, those things accumulate. So we had to get those done today. And I used the new solar-powered, wind-powered drying machines that you guys have out here. Back east, we call them a clothesline. But out here, they're more high-tech than that. And let me tell you something. It dries fast out here. So I was able to get it all done and get it put away. And I don't know that it quite meets my wife's standards, but she's not here to fuss at me. And if you guys won't tell, I won't tell. And we'll both be okay. Tonight, I want us to go to the book of Mark, chapter 8. The book of Mark, chapter 8. I want to look at one verse there. Matthew records the same story and Luke records the same story. But I like the way that Mark presents it. The background of the story is they've been talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about. And Jesus tells them that he is going to have to be crucified. And Peter takes offense at that. And he tries to tell Jesus, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. Now, before we're so quick to fuss at Peter, how many times do we, when God tells us what to do or what is going to happen, we say, no, 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 it can't be that way because it's not what we want. Peter voices his opinion without thinking it completely through, but it's okay. We've been guilty of the same thing. But Jesus scolds him and tells him, now Peter, that's enough. But then in the next verse, in verse 34, Jesus goes on to talk to us about the criteria or what is expected of anybody who will follow Jesus. Mark 8, 34 says, And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He gives the criteria for what it will take to be a disciple of Jesus. Now the first thing I notice, Jesus says, whoever will do it. Notice that. It's not a certain class of people, a certain group of people, a certain people of a certain lineage. No, he said, whoever will come after me. I'm glad he opened it up to whoever. Because I guarantee if he'd have put any criteria on it, I would have never qualified. If he'd have said, look, you have to be smart. Huh. I'm not getting in. That's no, not happening. Ask all of my school teachers. They will all tell you the same thing. If you had to be rich, well, oh no, I'm not going to be able to make it. 
If you have to be good looking, well, we hold these truths to be self-evident. There's strike three. If there had been any criteria, but I'm glad he said whoever wants to be my disciple is welcome to be my disciple. He opened it up to whoever. And oh, I am so glad he said whoever. I'm glad that you didn't have to be born in the right family to get in. You know, here a while back, the, the Queen of England finally died. Finally. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. We got rid of them back in 1776, and they've really not meant anything to me since then. But the Queen died. Now, none of us could apply for the job, could we? They didn't even have elections for it. There was a specific person because of his lineage, where he was born, who he was born to. That's what determined who the next one was. None of us here qualified to be the king of England. And really, I didn't want the job, so it's okay with me. But I'm glad you don't have to be born in a certain family to serve Jesus Christ. My daddy wasn't born in a Christian home. His mom and dad didn't go to church. My dad remembers a couple of times when he was a child going to vacation Bible school. But that's all. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. But yet, when he sought Jesus, he found the same thing that anybody does. He tells the story while he was living. He would tell the story. He... He grew up on a farm there in Indiana and he was uh, pretty sure he didn't want to stay on the farm. He thought he could get fulfillment by getting an education and becoming a teacher. So he applied and went to a university and began to study. And the more he learned, the more disillusioned he became because it was not satisfying the heart like he thought it would. He thought it would satisfy his soul, but it wasn't satisfying. One night, he was driving through the countryside, disillusioned with life, frustrated with life, feeling empty and hopeless. And he went by a little church that had been closed for a number of years. And the lights were on, and there were cars in the parking lot, and he thought that was interesting, so he stopped to see what was going on, and what he found was there was a group of people that were trying to get a church started. And they had called an evangelist and they were having meetings. And my dad came in and listened to the gospel message and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And he found the glory of salvation. He wasn't born into a family that knew anything about Jesus. But when he found Jesus, Jesus satisfied his soul. Oh, I'm glad you don't have to be born into a certain family to be. I'm glad he said whoever. But you know, I was born in a Christian family. But that didn't make me one by default. I wasn't a Christian because my dad was a Christian. There came a time when I too had to kneel at the cross, had to confess my sins and receive his redemption myself. I couldn't get in because my dad was. 
He wasn't kept out because his dad wasn't. It's an individual proposition. That's why Jesus says, whoever will, if you want to be a Christian, you can. And I'll have people that say, well, preacher, I'd be a Christian if it wasn't for this or if it wasn't for that or if it wasn't for my family. Or if... And I just stop them and I say, no, you're not a Christian because you choose not to be. It's an individual choice. You make the choice. And if you want to serve God, nobody can stop you. But if you don't want to, the devil will give you 10,876 excuses why you can't be. That's why Jesus says, whoever. He opens it up to anybody that wants to follow him. And I bring you good news tonight. The whoever is still open tonight. You can be a Christian if you want to. Whoever. It's a personal choice. But I do notice this. It's also a public choice. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, it isn't just something you and God do and nobody else knows about. No, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, it becomes a public declaration. Everybody knows you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. It's not like it was, you know, when I was in the third grade, I had a girlfriend. Oh, she was the prettiest thing in the world. And we were going steady. I didn't even know what that meant, but that's what all the older kids were saying, and so we were going steady. But then Sherry told me, now Dave, let's not tell anybody. Well, what good is a girlfriend if you, if you can't tell anybody? I mean, we couldn't hold hands, we couldn't sit together, we couldn't do anything together. She didn't want anybody to know that we were boyfriend and girlfriend. What good is that? Then she broke up with me. Then she started dating Mark. She let everybody know she's dating Mark. What was the difference? Mark was good looking. Mark was popular. Mark was one of the achievers, you know. I was just kind of this, you know. Uh, she didn't want anybody to know she was dating me. She was ashamed of me. I'm here to tell you, your relationship with Jesus Christ is the same way. If you're ashamed of him, he's ashamed of you. Everybody needs to know You've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. There ought to be nobody that questions or wonders. There ought to be everybody that knows you knows there's something different about you. Because you're serving Jesus Christ. It's a public decision. It's a whoever. When you come to Jesus Christ, everybody will know it. But then he goes on and he says, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Here's where a lot of people fall off the bandwagon. Oh, they want to follow Jesus. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to deny themselves on the way. Jesus clearly says, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to set you aside and do what I tell you to do. By denying yourself, you are saying no to my ambitions, dreams, and wishes and saying yes to whatever God wants in my life. You've got to deny yourself. 
But the beautiful thing is, when you deny yourself and you accept Jesus Christ, those dreams and goals and plans that you thought you had to have, now eh, they don't look any good anymore. Because you're in love with Jesus, now you want to do what he wants you to do. But you have to deny yourself. You have to say no to you, no to your plans, no to your wishes, and yes to him. I meet a lot of people, they're trying to serve Jesus Christ and they're trying to do it their way. They're trying to stuff God down into their box and make God be what they want him to be. It doesn't work like that. You'll never be happy trying to get God stuffed into your box. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to serve him, you've got to deny yourself. Set yourself aside. And then in the next part, he says, and take up your cross. Wow. Now, the cross does not mean much to us today like it would have to the crowd he was speaking of then. Now, we, we wear crosses and we see crosses and, and it's to us as Christians, it's a symbol of triumph. Because Jesus died on the cross to pay redemption's price for us. But it wouldn't have been a symbol of triumph back then. It would have been a symbol of Roman authority. Of death. Of separation. Would have been a symbol of pain and sorrow and suffering. But Jesus says if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross. When a convict was carrying his cross to be crucified, he was identifying that this is who I am, this is what I've done, and this is the punishment I deserve. So when you take up your cross serving Jesus Christ, you're admitting who he is and who you are and that you are going to follow him. You are identifying with him in his suffering and in his torture and in his crucifixion. You're identifying with him. It's a symbol of identification. Not only are you setting your stuff aside, but you're now identifying with him that you will be what he wants you to be. He says you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and then follow me. You have to follow him. Now, can you follow from in front? No, you can't follow from in front. You've got to be behind him. Now, I've traveled a lot of different places in the country, and... Some people give good directions and some people don't. There have been times I've gone places and the directions that were given to me were not very good. So I have to stop and get directions. I remember one time I was down in another state, in, in the southern part of another state, and, and I had gone into town to get something, and when I went to come back, they'd closed the road for repairs. So now what do I do? Well, I did the most logical thing. I just started driving across country, which I thought made perfect sense to me. But it soon became evident I didn't have a clue where I was. I didn't know where I was, didn't know where the highway was. 
So I had to stop and ask somebody for directions. So I stopped at this little grocery store, gas station, post office, all in one type building and went in and, and uh, actually a fellow was coming out and I, I stopped him and I said, hey, I'm looking for such and such a highway. Where do I go? And he looked at me for a minute and he said, let me tell you, you better follow me. You better follow me. I said, okay. And I soon found out why he didn't give me directions. Because the roads we were taking are like the roads out here. There are no signs. Turn left at Elm. Turn right at Sycamore. There's, you just go until you this one thing and then you, you know, and, and you go that way. And that's the way it was. Now, there were times when he turned in directions that I thought he was wrong. And I had a choice if I was going to continue following him or not. You know, God may do things in your life. He may turn you in a direction that you're saying, oh, no, I think this is wrong. If you're going to make it to heaven, you've got to follow him. Yes. And you can't follow him by being in charge. You follow him by following him. And you know what? I followed him. We twist and turn and went and down and around and up and over and under and through. And we topped the hill and there was the highway I was looking for. Because I followed him, I found the destination I was looking for. If you want to make it to heaven, if you determine in your heart you want to make it to heaven, you got to follow the one who knows the way. Because if you try to go your own way, you're going to get lost. You got to follow the one who knows the way. And that's why Jesus says you have to follow me. There are times in our life we're going to go directions we don't understand. Just keep following. Because you know what? Nowhere in Scripture does it require us to understand what God is doing in our life. He requires us to trust Him and follow Him. Oh, I'm glad He doesn't expect me to understand what He's doing because I don't understand Him. And I'm glad I don't understand Him because if I understand God completely, I've got a little tiny itty bitty God and I need to get a bigger one. The God I serve is so big, I cannot fully comprehend Him, but I can fully trust Him. And that's why Jesus says, if you're going to follow, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to follow me. That means he chooses the direction. He chooses the charted course of our life. That means he chooses the destination where we wind up, which is heaven. He's the one that knows the way. And we have to follow him if we're going to make it. To heaven. He gives us the criteria for being his disciple. He opens it up to whoever wants to. You can follow him. If you want to, you can serve him. It's for whoever. But if you're going to go this way, you're going to have to deny yourself. That's part one. You've got to take up your cross. And then you have to follow him. It's not rocket science. 
Anybody can do it. Even I can do it. But I'm glad he opened it up for whoever. And then he set the criteria very clear. You got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. If you'll do that, then you'll reach the destination that you're really looking for. I meet a lot of people, they want to go to heaven, but they want to go their own way. Their own way is leading in the wrong direction to take them to heaven. Their own way is leading them in the wrong direction to ever make it to heaven. Because man's choice, man's course that they chart leads them to destruction. But God's choice, God's charted course leads us to heaven. So we have to follow Him. But oh, I'm glad all of the criteria that He expects from us, we can do. It might be difficult, but you know what? When it seems more difficult, He gives us more grace. When it seems more trying, He gives us more grace. He doesn't expect us to do it on our own. He gives us the grace to do it with Him. Oh, I'm glad that He opened it up to whoever because that included me. And He didn't ask something that was too hard for me to do. I can do all of these things. I can deny myself, take up my cross. I can follow Him. All of that I can do. Oh, I'm glad that He said whoever. You can be God's disciple if you want to be. It comes down to your choice. Have you made that choice? Have you decided I'm going God's direction? I'm going to do it God's way? Because let me tell you, that's the best way in the world. The devil tells you, oh no, if you go God's way, it's going to be hard. It's going to be miserable. It's not hard. It's not miserable because I'm doing what God wants me to do. And he gives the peace and the joy and the contentment that I need to follow him. If you want to be his disciple, you can. Just deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. It teaches it and makes it so clear that we can understand exactly what you want from us. Father, you know every heart here tonight. You know, there might be somebody here that is not following you, that is not your child. Would you speak to them as I know that you are and help them to make that choice to follow you? I want to pause just for a moment here. If you don't know Jesus and you would like to, I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to step out of where you're at and make your way to the altar, we can have prayer with you. And you will find the same thing because it's not just for a certain group of people. It's for whosoever. And if you want to pray tonight, I want to open the altar and allow you to come and pray. Jesus, thank you for paying redemption's price for us. Go with us from this service. Continue to minister to us, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. Thank you for your kind attention. You are dismissed.